What you're about to listen to is a Pod Bros exclusive. Age of the Geek, baby. We run the world. I see you shiver with anticipation. Man, what's gotten into you? running smoothly and you i'm doing great and i hope everybody out there is doing great it is another episode of dave's nerd compendium and you know what i've been doing a lot of music stuff uh best albums one hit wonders uh what songs really mean so i saw an article today and it made me chuckle mainly because i've done music episodes for the past couple weeks this one really strikes a chord with me because I'll say something is the worst album of all time but there is a list of the 20 or sorry the 41 I was looking at the time it was written but 41 worst albums of all time according to critics keyword here critics so like your billboard critics your um Yahoo Music Critics, your iTunes Critics, all these critics came together and compiled a list. This article was written on August 13th, 2018. I will go through and I will tell you what each album is, what the critics rated it, compared to what the users rated it, and give what the critics said. Now, I will say there's a album or two on this list that I think shouldn't be on the list. But it's because I probably own the album or have a copy of the album or um, I really dig the artist. But we'll start off number 41, The Vines, Melodia. Critics gave it a 44 out of 100. Users gave it a 5.7 out of 10. What did the critics say about it? For an album called Melodia, written by a self-confessed Beatles fanatic who once penned the gorgeous Homesick in Winning Days, actual melodies are rare and most, like Hey, or the trudic She Is Gone, Sounds uh, embryonic at best. The next one on the list, number 40, is The Entrance Band with their album, The Entrance Band. Critics gave it a 44 out of 100. Users gave it a 7 out of 10. What did the critics say about it? He's only a meddling guitar player but insists on soloing and showboating endlessly, drawing out songs to unnecessary lengths. Number 39 on the list is Sean Paul's Immortal Blaze. Critics gave it 44 out of 100. Users gave it 
Uh, 5.4 out of 10. What did the critic say? The audacity, the immaturity contained on Immortal Blaze is enough to hang a dark cloud over music. If only for an hour as the album lulls needlessly along. This is one of the ones that I kind of disagree with. Coming in at number 38, The Stooges, the album called The Weirdness. Critics gave it a 4.4 out of 100. Users gave it a 5.7 out of 10. What did the critics say? An album that hideously disgraces the band's original work. I will say it's not your typical Stooges, but still, it's the Stooges. Come on. The next album on the list is Audio Bullies Generation. Critics gave it a four point or forty-four out of a hundred or four point four out of ten, and users gave it a five point seven out of ten. What did the critics say? Betrays Audio Bullies aspirations to say something important, underrated, or undeterred by the absence of their insight or eloquence. Number six on the list, and I'm surprised it didn't get higher, is Mariah Carey's Chambra Slut. Critics give it a 43 out of 100. Users give it a 6.4 out of 10. What did the critics say? Her voice is damaged, and there's not a moment where it sounds strong or inviting. Next on the list, and a kind of a shocker, Run DMC's Crown Royal. Critics give it a 4. Point, or 43 out of 100. Uh, users give it a 4.5 out of 10. What do the critics say? The Ishtars of comeback albums, overdone, underinspired, and marketed in within an inch of its life. I will say that the album was a comeback album. It was released in the 2000s, so like 10, 20 years after Run DMC's Prime initially faded out. It was around the time uh, House of Run was actually on, if anybody remembers that reality TV show. Number 34 on the list is Ben Lee's The Rebirth of Venus. Critics gave it a 43, but users gave it a 5.0. The critics said, Were the central concept not so half-baked, and the lyrics of Lee not so shallow, Venus might qualify as actively misogynistic uh, in a way that could be interesting to engage and dissect. As is, the album is simply an annoying, tiresome degree. Number 33 on the list is The Chainsmokers, Memories Do Not Open. Now this one is, critics give it a 43 out of a heart. Users, however, give it a 1.9 out of 10. So, like 19 out of a heart. Whether the album's title is a plea or a warning doesn't matter, as the effects is the same. The Chainsmokers have one song, 
And if you don't want to hear 12 versions of it, please do not unclick the latch holding this box closed. Number 32 on the list is Ashley Simpson, I Am Me. Uh, critics give it a 43 out of 100. Users give it a 5.2 out of 10. The critics said her singing is not convincing in the least. If I'm not mistaken, I Am Me was her second or third studio album. Uh, the first one had like one or two hits on it, if you want to call them that. Is bubblegum pop stuff. Her second album was a train wreck, and I guess this one is also. Uh, number 31 on the list, Lenny Kravitz, Baptism. Critics give it a 43 out of 100. Users give it a 4.9 out of 10. The critics say it's a shame, an embarrassment, and hopefully it will be a temporary slump like Circus. That's kind of shocking because Kravitz is an amazing artist. Number 30 on the list was shocking to me. Chris Cornell's Scream. Critics give it a 42 out of 100. Users give it a 4.1 out of 10. Critics say the record sounds phoned in, plain and simple, and its awkward consent or conscious is cliché. It's trash heap lyric concept and its dopey production could have cumulated uh, or have a cumulated effect that would be insulting if it weren't so transparently uninspired and uninteresting. Now I will say Chris Cornell uh, has an amazing range, a vocal range, an amazing one. He's a great lyricist. He's a great guitarist. Um, his solo stuff was not as good as his stint with Audio Slave, with Temple of a Dog, which only had one album, granted, or with his uh, first band, Soundgarden. The solo Chris Cornell stuff, yeah, it was kind of hard to swallow, but was still great stuff because you're hearing a musical genius. Um. I personally don't own the album, but I have streamed it on Spotify, and I don't think it's that bad. It's not his best work, but I wouldn't say it was his worst. I digress. Number 29 on the list is The Twang. Oh, the album is called Jewelry Quartet, yet they spell jewelry very, very strangely. Critics gave it a 42 out of 100, yet users gave it a 7.6 out of 10. The critics say, the message is simple. The joke isn't funny anymore. Last orders rang a long ago, and the game is well and truly up. Number 28 on the list is Rod Stewart. It had to be you, the greatest or the Great American Songbook. Now normally, these American Songbook type albums, you have an artist doing a lot of covers. This is no uh, exception to the rule. Critics gave it a 4.2, or 42 out of 100. 
Users give it a 7.6 out of 10. Critics said his similar-sounding interpretations lose their oomph a few tracks in. Well, it's Rod Stewart. He only has like a one and a half octave range and he strains to hit half of it. So, I mean, nothing against Rod Stewart. Great musician. Dig some of his music. But it's kind of hard when you're dealing with some of the greatest songs in uh, America's recorded history. I digress. Number 27 on the list is Soldier Boy Tell em. That's the artist, not the album title. Well, not fully. The album is called I Soldier Boy Tell em. Critics give it four, uh, 42 out of 100. Users, however, give it a 1.5 out of 10. Critics say, short on new ideas and lacking cohesion, Soldier Boy Tellum's second official full-length album finds the young upstart trying way too hard to recreate the bazillion-selling crank that and repeatedly coming up short. The next album, which this is another shocker for me because I really dig the album, Queen and Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers, a bad company, that is. The album is called Cosmos Rocks. Critics gave it a 42 out of 100. Users gave it a 7.0 out of 10. Critics say, Freddyless Queen failed to recall old glories. They weren't really trying to recall old glories. They were trying to put out an album to just keep relevant. Because it was at a time where Freddie Mercury had been gone for a while and Brian May and uh, I'm forgetting Roger's last name, but they just wanted to put together an album and go touring, try to get a little bit of equity going to them. I still like the album, but it's number 26 on this list. Number 25, Kirshan, uh, something about Cree, or Kir, I don't even know how to pronounce that name, but from the look of the album, I probably wouldn't like the music. Chris gave it, or yeah, Chris gave it a 42 out of 100, users gave it a 4.1 out of 10. Craig say, it's a punny representation of a big sound made all the more unlistenable by its nonsense of the voice or vocal lines. Which means, what I said about me not wanting to listen to it, reigns true. Number 24 on the list is Black Flag. What the? Critics. Gave it a 42 out of 100. Users gave it a 4.1 out of 10. It's a punny representation of a big... They just... Okay, this article copied and pasted the exact same what the critics say for the Kirshan album and the Black Flag album. I will say that this Black Flag album isn't their best, but still a decent Black Flag album. 
Uh, that's all I'll say. Number 23 is Chingy Hoodstar. Craig's given a 41 out of 100. Users, however, give it a 4 point or 2.4 out of 10. The critics say, aside from the catchy club tracks, there is nothing all that exciting about Chingy's third album. Wait, Chingy had a third album? I thought that was a second. Number 22 on the list is Megadeth's Super Collider. 41 out of a harm from the critics, 5.5 out of 10 from the users. Truthful, Super Collider is just a Megadeth album born of complacency and issued the or issued with only the finest interest in remaining relevant. This was a Megadeth album put out uh, not that long ago, but it doesn't have the same uh, huspa as Peace Sells But Who's Buying or Symphony of Destruction or any of the more classic Megadeth albums. The next one, a good friend of mine, John LeBeau, would have a fit at me because he actually really digs a band. And I like some of their songs, but I just can't listen to them all the time. Number 21 is Nickelback's All the Right Reasons. Critics gave it a 41 out of 100. Users gave it a 4.4 out of 10. All the Right Reasons is so depressing, you're almost glad Kurt's not around to hear it. Kurt being Kurt Cobain. Number 20 on the list, in an album I actually own, Stains, 14 Shades of Grey. Critics give it a 41 out of 100. Users, a 6.8 out of 10. Another dollop of rock sludge with a remarkably honest title. I will say it's probably not the best album. This was um, there in between the big hype of... Um, I'm forgetting the name of the album, but the one with It's Been a While... And Tangled Up With You. 14 Shades of Grey was almost like a greatest hits album before their actual greatest hits album. Uh, the next one on the list, number 19, is Enya, A Day Without Rain. Critics give it a 41 out of 100. Users give it a 8.4 out of 10. What did the critics say? Unless you're bound in a herbal body wrap, there's simply no acceptable reason to listen to this new age nonsense. And here, I actually like listening to it. I really dig Enya in itself. Um, Enya is one of those artists where if you're trying to go to sleep, her music is perfect to like lull you to sleep. Um, one of her songs was actually used in... The Lord of the Rings series. So, I mean, can't all be bad. Number 18 on the list is Paul Oakenfold, A Lively Mind. Critics gave it a 40 out of 100. Users gave it a 2.2 out of 10. Critics say, on this new disc, the veteran of populous trance shows himself unable to come up with anything 
remotely innovative or engaging, even for the dance floor. Number 17 is Backstreet Boys, Never Gone. Critics give a 40 out of 100. Users a 6.0 out of 10. Critics say, least or least you doubted it. This is grotesque. Number 16 is Liz Fair's self-debut album, Liz Fair. Critics giving it 40 out of 100. Users a 6.4 out of 10. Liz Fair proves so ultimately unnecessary, it might as well not even exist. Number 15 is another album I own, and I actually like this one better than the original. Elena Morissette's Jagged Little Pill Acoustic. This album was one of those that you could pretty much only get from Starbucks at the time, and then she released it on uh, iTunes. Critics give it a 40 out of 100. Users a 5.9 out of 10. Like Mike Oldfield's Tubular Bells 2 and Meatloaf's Back Into Hell, it doesn't so much play as full of or full out of the speakers with a flump the sound of a towel blowing in the wind. Honestly, if you dug the original Jagged Little Pill and you're a fan of acoustic music and ever wondered what like acoustic uh, versions of Jagged Little Pill will sound like, you would love this album. I will debate that till I'm blue in the face. This is actually a good album. Maybe the critics don't think that, but I will always... Uh, Vouch for this album being a damn good album. Next one on the list is Chris Brown's Graffiti. Critics give it a 39 out of 100. Users give it a 5.1 out of 10. Critics say a curiously faceless album that largely thumbs its nose at close reading. Number 13 is Gucci Mane and B Nasty's B-A-Y-T-L. I'm assuming that's battle, just horribly spelled. Critics give it a 39 out of 100. Users give it a 1.8 out of 10. Critics say there is Michael Jackson bad. There is Ed Wood bad. Then there is battle. A union so unholy that it cries out for a show on Bravo. Now that is bad. Number 12 is Richard Ashcroft's United Nation of Sounds. Critics give it a 39 out of 100. Users a 6.4 out of 10. Critics say, sunk by a grating, calculated over-eagerness to please. Number 11 is Panic Channel, the album title 1. Critics give it a 39 out of 100. Users a 5.2 out of 10. Uh, critics say, sounds a lot like a collection of rejected Foo Fighters tunes. Now that's pretty bad. Number 10 is another Chris Brown album, Fortunate, or Fortune. Critics give it a 3.8 out of, or 38 out of 100. 
users a 3.4 out of 10. Critics say not all fortune is so uh, untoculous, but none of it is inspired. Number nine, another album that I actually own, if I'm not mistaken, it is the follow-up to their first uh, album, Blurry, Puddle of Mud, Life on Display. Critics give it a 37 out of 100. Users, a 4.7 out of 10. Third-rate grunge uh, retreads stuffed with overdriven guitars and generic rock dude melancholy. Again, it's a decent album. Um, Not much you can say beyond that. Uh, But they did have a couple good songs off the album. So that's why I kind of dig it. Number 8 is Lewis 14, Slick Dogs and Ponies. Critics give it a 37 out of 100. Users a 5.9 out of 10. Critics say Slick Dogs never uh, coalesced into anything more than the sum of its noise or noisy, jagged parts. This one was a real shocker because guys had a two or three big hits off the album. Um, Charlie Puth's Nine Track Mind, which is his debut album. Critics give it a 37 out of 100. Users a 4.4 out of 10. They say Nine Track Mind whimpers like a sick kitten. I thought that the album was pretty good from what I've heard of it, and granted, I've listened to most of it off of Spotify. Would I buy it? Probably not, but would I stream it on Spotify or something? Yeah, it it's not bad. Number six is Little Wayne's Rebirth. Critics give it a 37 out of 100. Users, 3.0 out of 10. The songs might have been better as parodies than as imitations, although Knockout, a Coldplay homage backing with raunchy lyrics, comes close to being both. Number five on the list is Dirty Vegas, their album One. Critics gave it 35 out of 100, users a 2.1 out of 10. All they could say about this album was exhaustingly awful. Number four on the list is Phil Collins' Testify. A 34 out of 100 from the critics, a 6.1 out of 10 from the users. Critics state that middle age is no excuse for such an unforgivably bland collection of over-emoted love songs. Might have to take a listen to that album just to see what they were complaining about. Number three is Viva Brothers, famous first words. Critics give it a 3.4 out of a hard. Users a 2.5 out of 10. Critics say this album is a abomination. It's a rancid pile of regurgitated tripe. Number two is Limp Biscuit's results may vary. 
I'm not mistaken, this is the album that had the horrendous um, cover of Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. Critics give it a 33 out of 100. Users a 4.0 out of 10. Critics say, since the music has no melody, hooks, or energy, all attention is focused on the clown jumping up and down and screaming in front. And long before the record is over, we're left wondering, how the hell did he get to put this mess out? Number one, and I'll give you a second to think and yell at the nothingness in front of you when you're listening to this at either work or in the car, who you think the number one person is. So I'm going to give you a second or two to think about that. All right. Number one on the list. Kevin Fetterline, Playing With Fire. Critics score it as a 15 out of 100. Users score it at a 2.2 out of 10. Rolling Stone states, Fetterline's rhyme flow is the opposite of tight. Now, there's nothing I could say to put K-Fed in good lighting. Nothing at all. Can't stand the person. Can't stand his ex-wife either. Although, back in the day, she did have a couple songs that I would listen to. Kind of those uh, guilty pleasure songs. But still, if you're married to someone who's a recording artist, that doesn't mean you're a recording artist by injection. So, K-Fed, you win. You got the worst album of all time. Buy this list, and Rolling Stone even says you suck. So, that's this. That's this week's episode. These are the 41 critic-rated worst albums ever. Is there any albums that you think that should be on this list? Let me know. Shoot me a message on Facebook, on Twitter, um, email me. All that information will be given in a couple of seconds. But let me know what you think should be put as the worst album. Do you think any of these albums that I mentioned that are on this list were put on here prematurely? If you do, let me know. If you have any suggestion for show ideas, hey, shoot me a message. Be Hey, I think you should do an episode about this. And I'll try to do some research and we'll get it to happen. I normally pull these episodes out from just articles I read or conversations I have anyway. So we'll find out and we'll let you know. But if you want to pick up any of these albums or just listen to a few tracks to like give them a trial, especially if you're going to purchase them, go to the Podbros uh, site Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the page. Then, if you do any ordering on Amazon, you don't get charged anything extra, but we get a little kickback that says, hey, you like us enough to use our link, and it helps us pay for studio 
time and equipment fees and all that. If you don't want to do that, head on over to Patreon. For a dollar, you can be a nerd depending on by which you find out what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching. You get to uh, also get a monthly shout-out. And, hey, isn't that worth a dollar? You can also back for $3 the Pod Bros After Dark show, which is meticulously edited, and most of the time, content is not safe for work. So, you got that option, too. But, you know what? It's getting uh, about that time where I like to close it out. So, I think it's time for some housekeeping. Alright, time for some housekeeping. As always, you can find me on Pod Bros Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and tune in. But you can also find me on Twitter at DaveTheNerd underscore TNC. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave's Nerd Compendium. All one word, no apostrophes. You can also go to DaveNC.com and find everything there. Find everything on PodBros.com in the Dave the Nerd section. I have a YouTube channel, just search Dave the Nerd, and I'll do like unboxings, and I might do like a movie review or something on there, just to give a little bit of content. And don't forget, while you're on iTunes at Stitcher, to rate the show five stars, thumbs up, whatever they take, and if you write a review, I can read it and then focus the show to be more about what you want to hear. So, with all that being said, thank you ever so kindly, and as always, and if you need a man, find a nerd. (gasps) Overload. Pleasure overload. What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.